Jones right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! What's good, Hoopers? This is an Insight NBA show for a season preview. I am your friend, your host, and NBA G-Wiz. yourself in and feel the G's. And this beautiful, handsome man, also in the gray, the 11-pound slug himself, and don't ask how we know that mathematical number, is the big horse, Mickey Dell. <laughs> I love that. How are we, G? I'm getting like, into this. Yeah. I am too, because you're the dickhead who took Cade Cunningham in one of my leagues from me uh, last uh, a season ago. This is a bit of a this is a bit of a personal one for you and me. We were sitting at close picks last year, mm-hmm. and we were going to trade. We you were going to. I was looking for Fred Van Fleet or Cade Cunningham. You ended up taking Fred Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. I had the turn of the first pick. You had the second pick. So there's a personal draft story for everybody out there. So you can learn a little yeah. bit of the turn. I had the one pick. I took Nikola Jokic. I wanted to pair him with a bunch of points, some threes, and some gravy stats. I was looking to pick up Cade or Fred Van Fleet. And they were both sitting there for me until Mick's pick on the 23rd pick. And he took Freddie. And I was like, all right, that does it for me straight away. And Mick was like, oh, shit, I wanted a big. So then I think to myself, and this is a great draft strategy. If you know that someone's looking for something around that range and they, and they kook it up, and if they fuck up, that's on them. You might be able to get a little bit out of it in the trade machine. So he wanted Sabonis. So I naturally grabbed Sabonis to piss him off so I can get who he wants. I can get Fred Van Fleet plus like some other person as an add-on. So I take Cade Cunningham, I take Sabonis, and then it comes back up. And then you took, I couldn't remember who else it was. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually good with Sabonis for now. That served me really well. But Cade went and Cunningham went down. So I guess this is our long way of saying, welcome to the Detroit Pristons preview, also known as the preview, which is the Cade Cunningham, uh, the Cade Cunningham circle jerk. Yeah, a little bit. He's... um. Fucked a couple of people over the last couple of years, hasn't he? Mate, but he, doesn't he look absolutely delicious this season as a pick, Mick? Mm. Are, you, are you tantalized by what he can offer? Yes, but at the right price, I think. What is your price? What is your what price is my, right now? It's what is like my price? 30 days out. Yeah, 30 days okay, out. Okay, so week. we're going into season three of Cade Cunningham, a big six foot six, six foot seven guard. Can do a bit of everything, rebound, assist, score the ball, three-pointers, shoots the rock from the line at a reasonable clip. He's the number one clear option here at Detroit. But how many yeah. games is he going to play? That's the big I'm, question for me. Yeah, and I think that's always the thing. Like Again, this is like as analysts, we sit in our head and we're like, how good is a player? Mm. But then there's their availability. So as far as I'm concerned, Cade Cunningham can play all 82 games this season. There has been no indication that Cade Cunningham will be, one, rested, which they probably could because it's Detroit they're rebuilding. But let's just say, let's just go under the assumption right now that the Detroit Pistons are going to play some form of basketball this year. Mind you, that's their jobs, right, Mick? Uh, One would think, but Detroit, they have a 
a great way of doing other things apart from playing basketball at the best of times. So, yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering under new management, well, not my management, but a coach in Monty Williams, the Detroit Pistons could possibly offer us a little bit more this season by way of flirting with the potential that's in the side. But also these guys are absolutely primed to be a trade machine. Like they're in contracts. Yeah, you're, you're there with me, right? Like this will not be mm. the team that we go through today will not be the team that we go through like at the NBA trade deadline in a, not a significant manner, but in a big chunk, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm 100% with you there. We, you look at the bigs, which we'll get into a bit later on. There's four or five bigs. That doesn't go into two or three rotation spots. And they can all play a bit of ball. So th- there's some trade you know, assets there for the Detroit Pistons this year. A hundred percent. And looking early on, and this is the other thing, they've acquired guys like Joe Harris and Monty Morris, very friendly contracts. They've got rookies, Asaw Thompson and Marcus Sasser, who I know Skitty from the Insight Podcast Network is really high on. And pretty much the major out here is Hamada Diallo. The other most tantalizing one, and we're not going to go too in-depth to Asaw Thompson because I'm going to do, I'm going to say that circle jerk because you know he's one of my trade targets mm-hmm. mickey like how many times have i picked a saw thompson up in the last round in, tra- in drafts almost, lately almost every time yep o- almost every time he's starting now to get a bit of attention as possibly there's rumors of him starting so this is where his adp is going to start to go up and i'm not looking at picking him up in the last round anymore i was lucky to be getting him in the last round especially on that early turn so if you got an early pick and a saw thompson was around great he's there sasa not really relevant you think this fantasy season not yet. We'll not wait yet. and see how. Not yet. We'll wait and see how the uh, the Cade Cunningham Silly. situation goes and what their win loss record is and how hard they tank again. Yeah, the silly season. He's a, he's a silly season star sasser. Yeah. Can you say that fast? Silly season star sasser. Will be a silly season star sasser. Don't look, ask look me to say five times though. Hold your tongue. Is that one of the ones that sounds like I? What's that old thing back in primary school? You used to hold your tongue and say, uh, I grew up on a pirate ship. Yeah, yeah. I grew up on a pirate ship. All right. Exactly, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Well, I grew, I grew up with believing that Marcus Sasser might get some run down the stretch if undoubtedly, yeah. you know, things go sideways and contracts go out and they just let the young guys go and the Pistons fuck about again and want to get a lottery pick. Joe Harris is on this team. Joe Harris. I, 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 this is the thing. Joe Harris is on this team from, from the mm. Brooklyn Nets. I love Joe Harris. Like he can, yeah, he can flat out shoot the three, can't he? He can, but he hasn't given us much the last couple of seasons. Do you think there's a not a bounce back potential for Joe Harris? But do you think Joe Harris is going to play any meaningful minutes in this? Like, these are acquisitions. This is a second. This is the second unit squad, really, isn't it? Monty and Monty and JoJo. Yep, I think Joe Harris has a streamer for threes. That's about as far as I'll go with him. Yeah, and Monty Morris is going to be. Monty Morris, picking him up, I, 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 the guy who saved me and also killed me by field goal percentage last year, which, by the way, let's talk about field goal percentage in Cade Cunningham later, but my love-hate relationship with Killian Hayes is very real because he stepped into that mm. starting position when Cade went down last year. And, Mick, how many messages did I send to you that you probably had to bleep out the profanity from that Killian would have games where he would play and be amazing – and then he'd score four points, turn the ball over six times, give me some assists, give me 200% from the field. He's the probably one of the guys looking at this season that's probably the, one of the most at risk of losing minutes and, and possibilities here in Detroit. 
Yeah, I'm with you, especially to start the season, yes. Yeah, he's down. He's down. We're looking at this. Mick, do you want to take us through? Just this is we're gonna look at their 22-23 seasons. This is the 23-24 seasons. Mick, explain us what these little symbols are, mate. Okay, so we can see here for the people that are watching on YouTube or for those listening on all good audio platforms, the plus next to the names would indicate that we believe that their fantasy rank may be greater than what it was last year. The red or green arrows either way means it could go either way. The equals means we think it's going to be about the same. The negative is we think their fantasy value will drop. And the big stop sign, no go type of sign that we have there are do not touch. Now, to be fair on this one, we're going to talk you through these ones. So if you're listening on audio, you're on the best way. On YouTube, don't worry, because the last version of this Pistons one, I decided to delete and play a game with Mick Dell for this one, because I would like to add live Mick, the plus and minus game with you. So these are all out of jumbled order. And I would like to ask you, what they fall to and how you see them coming out this season. So it's very, very simple. We're always going to do the, the, the necessary exercise of where would we reshift these last mm-hmm. season if this was an absolute shit show and these were all in the wrong way. So Bojan Bogdanovich, he finished the 22-23 season as the 71st ranked player, didn't play all the games, obviously was rested because he had a broken pinky <clears throat> tank. tank. Um, mm-hmm. His ADP was 130. He returned massive value. Like, I've streamed him in. I've pulled him into teams for years. But this season, do you think that he'll return the 70th ranked value? Yes or no? Up or down? The same. Why? Because I believe he's one of those trade chips for Detroit. I think they're going to play him. I think they're going to get value out of him. They're going to showcase him to the league, and Detroit are going to try and get value back on him. I'm not too dissimilar from you and thinking they will definitely showcase him. I'm going to say that he's going to be down around the seventies at the end of the season. That doesn't make him any less of a good NBA player. It's not like I'm not like we're getting a few like people in chat being like, who the fuck do you think you are saying that they're shit? No, no, no. We don't think they're shit. We're talking about, if you look at the 22, 23 season and what their fantasy rank was, if they're going to return the same fantasy rank this year. Now, if you change situations in an NBA team, you might not get as many minutes. You might not get as That's much right. usage. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that we think they're a bad bloke. We don't think we're not sitting here trying to shit on them, but we are saying that this value is not going to be where it was last season. And a lot of the times these exercises are done where people look at past like performance. We're not looking at past performance. We're looking at projections of future performance here. So I, I can see him definitely being, a value asset. I don't think he'll finish at 70. I think he's going to be down. Cade finished at 103. We put there, can go either way. Mickey Dell, he's finishing higher than 103 this season. The question is, what is his ceiling? His ceiling, if healthy, I reckon is second round value. He's, he's got the keys to the city and he can do it all. Yes. He really can. And I'm right there with you. If, if this is a second guy, uh, a second, second round guy in a, uh, definitely second round in 14 team leagues, uh, mm-hmm. 12 team leagues, definitely his edge, he's edging that second, third round value. Yeah. I guess there's a little bit of buyer beware, as you said, Mick, earlier on, the, like that injury history, that whole like not knowing what you're getting component could mm-hmm. cause him to slip in your drafts. And his ADP currently isn't a top 20 guy, but this is a legitimate top 20 fantasy player. It's so friendly. He's so friendly for a fantasy game, especially if he can pull those steals up 
the thing is he gets 0.6 blocks. Being a bigger guy, as you said earlier, Mick, he also was pretty good on ball and actually can return you at the occasional block that not a lot of point guards can get. No, that's right. I think, actually, not I think. I'm going to throw this to you and just a simple mm-hmm. yes or no answer is fine. Yes, Cade yes. Cunningham for most improved. Is he in the conversation if he plays a full season? Noise. Yes. I, I, I think, think he's... I you there. I, I would actually like to... I'm going to look that up. Is that actually... Have you looked at that on a punt odd or on a, any kind of sports yeah. media yeah, site? I, yeah, I definitely have. Through oh, you have? Bet, and, yep, and it was paying $17. It's got to send me a bloody passcode. I'm going to have to do a six-digit verification, yeah. Mick, to check this out. Oh, is it still paying 17 bucks? Can you get your, oh, here we go. Sports. Here we go. I'm not going to read out my thing. I'm not going to do that. Like that thing online where I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all details are correct. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to look at this right now. Talk me through Jalen Duran up or down. I'm going to look at yeah. this odds on this. Cause yeah. that could be so a nice little show. I traded in Jalen Duran last season and I was a little disappointed with him. I thought that Detroit may give him the keys a little more than what they did. But as we can see, according to our graph here, 9.1 points, almost 650 or 65% from the field. Free throws let him down, 61%. Nine or 8.9 boards a game, 1.1 assists, 0.7 steals, and almost one block. He's in that log jam with Wiseman, with Bagley, with Isaiah Stewart. Show. It is an absolute shit show. I'm going to go with what the icon says there, and he's not going to return value this season. I wish that I could say yes to him. I, I really wish that I could say that he's going to be up. I think he is one of the cases that could be similar value only because of the long jam. So for me, he is a can go either way guy. He could go back. He could go up. And I know that's pretty fence sitter of me for Jaren Jaren. Loved his hits in the 80s, but just don't love the don't love the the possibility and we'll get to where he's good for your team and what you might be able to get. Cause this is a guy you actually might be able to pick up on the waiver wire because someone is going to get frustrated with him. Like Mick, you think someone's going to drop him. Yep. Yep. If he's drafted and he's not doing what they like, if he's drafted into one of those teams, which hurts free throw percentage too much and he's just getting you a couple blocks and that's it. Mate, save that waiver wire burn, (laughs) like save it. I'm looking at this here. Here we go. Most improved, 23-24. Mikhail Bridges. Oh, look, you might be onto something, Migdell. It's moved into 13 bucks. Cade is actually the second best on the tote right now. You've got Mikhail Bridges, Cade Cunningham, Austin Reeves, Tyrese Maxey, the future, the, the, fu- the future MVP, Scotty Barnes. I'm only saying that for the Rookie of the Year lovers. You've got Shen Goon, Anthony Simons, and Mobley as most improved. Of all of those guys, Mikhail Bridges finished off the season hot, so I Real don't hot. know if we could. I don't know if we could award that to him. Austin Reeves, I think, is going to do Austin Reeves things. I love it. The trade potential for Harden opens up for Maxi, but he's already a very good player. Scotty Barnes, as I've called him, bounce back Barnesy. Kate Cunningham at thirteen dollars is very tasty. It is. Yeah, that is that is a very interesting one right there. Um, Monty Morris, last year he finished the season as the 147th ranked player. Do you see him coming over into this team, returning the same, plus, minus, or down? 
Oh, I'm not a huge fan of Monty Morris. I'm going to say down. Yeah, I'm going to say down. Oh, you know, I'm going to say equal. I'm actually going to say equal. My gut tells me equal value at the end of the year. I just think he's going to find his way into being a more dependable replacement point guard than Killian Hayes. I think this is very much like if Killian Hayes goes sideways and doesn't perform this year, like you saw that, look at that field goal percentage for Killian Hayes. Mm. He's down. So for me, that's an auto down. Monty is about equal. His field goal percentage will absolutely fuck you up. A hundred percent. Like he's like about five shots of absinthe on your Friday night with your friends thinking it's a good idea for your first time. And be like, that's okay. It's only absinthe. He will absolutely mess you up and you'll be feeling bad about it the next day. If you pull him into your side with his field goal percentage. Unless he's miraculously turned into Shea Gilgis-Alexander and can get you plus 500, he is not the point guard you want to be streaming as a backup in Detroit. It's Monty Morris. It is. But the big fella, Isaiah Stewart. Mm. Now, this is an interesting one. He was on a bit of a burner last year before getting out injured, and obviously we had a like fake, 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 fake news about Isaiah because of the tank. In the logjam city, up, down, sideways, where you, where are you feeling? I think this is a plus. Oh. Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. He's he's developed a nice outside shot for a big guy. Yep. I think that I think that he can coexist next to Duren. I think that he can coexist next to Wiseman. Yep. Uh Duran doesn't same... hit threes. No, no, he's, he so doesn't he's hit purely threes. an inside. Purely an inside. Yeah. Yep. I think he, he's a better baggly. <laughs> better bags. Mm. So that then, let's just skip over Ali Burks and Ivy for a second. And bags, plus, minus, equals, or sideways. Minus. Yeah. I, 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 I think bags is the odd man out here. They seem, Detroit seems intent with just taking fucking lottery picks. Like yeah. old lottery picks, distressed assets. Like I've heard Bill Simmons in his podcast talk about these distressed asset guys before and like, you know, bring them in like heat culture and all that kind of thing. And those kind of guys, this is like, if you look at this, they've got two former like top three, top five picks right here in Bagley. Yeah. Like Wiseman and Bagley, they're both being distressed assets on their respective teams. They seem absolutely obsessed and their GM was like really keen on Wiseman. The, the Warriors took him. They're like, oh, you guys aren't going to play him. Let's give him a future. And then they rolled him out for minutes down the stretch there after that trade. But it is providing a log jam. And Isaiah Stewart wasn't healthy. You make Isaiah, you make, you know, you make the, the big stew healthy. And there's four guys in that, in that rotation there. And we'll get to this later on. We will cover that later on in the pod. But this is, this is the issue. Uh, Alec Burks is going to be about equal value, 183rd, because I don't think he's going to be on this team come the end of the season. And I'm saying don't draft Joe Harris off the rip straight away. I'm agreeing with that um, as well. Don't draft him off the rip as a streamer. So those two guys, um, Berkey, about the same. Harris, for, for me, Harris, don't draft him, but stream him. Where are you, Mick? Yep, I'm the same. But I will ask you, why aren't people talking about Jaden Ivey? I do not know. And this is the next thing we want to ask. I am plus on Jaden Ivey because he finished I'm the season as the plus. 100. I, I'm, a, I'm a plus on Jaden Ivey returning better than the 196 value. Now, whether that is 192, I'm not wrong. That is better than 196. But I think he has a potential to play off ball a little bit. And I just, I don't know. In my head, 
I am playing like, you know, when you're a kid and you play toy soldiers and you move them all over the paddock and be like, I'm going to put you over here. I'm going to put you over here. If I'm Monty Morris playing toy soldiers, I'm just going to superimpose a team on you, the Phoenix Suns. And in that offense, in that system that he ran, Cade Cunningham, CP3, ball handler primary, but more show like this. And I'm talking point book here for, for Cade. Off-ball movement, which Ivy has shown that he can play at times, but he was just labeled with getting the ball because Killian sucked like the left nut out of everything last season, which is not his main role. And that wasn't his jam, but he did okay. He was putting up 5.2 assists a game. Like he was, he was doing okay. He got almost a steal a game. It's not like he was shithouse, but he was putting under a pressure to be like the guy. Mate, if that pressure's off, what do you think that opens up for him? Oh, just efficiency, number one. I think his points come. I think his efficiency goes way up. There's less pressure on him that way. He's not someone that can create by himself, but someone that moves off ball, that can hit the open threes off screens and slips and what have you. I I see him as definitely be draftable. Uh, What round? You know, 10s, 11s maybe, yeah. I think that he's going to return value this year. Yeah, I think he. Um, I think he's a bit of a sneaky one to pick up late. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was pretty decent. Like he played like pretty well in Port Purdue. Like I'm looking back, I want to look at his three, like his his percentage off the ball and his screens a little bit deeper. When I looked at his three point percentage, it was it was pretty decent. But it was those catch and shoots off the ball instead of being like in charge of an isolation scorer that I really was impressed that he could bring and translate to the NBA. And I think he has an opportunity to do that this season. And I think that's where we come to our starting five, because hmm. this is how we see it shaping out though. We could be wrong. And we, and we, and we do want to like do the caveat. Like, of course we can be wrong. We, we're just a couple of dudes with opinions and some insights. And if we were the organization, this would be it. We don't think it can be the case because we are hearing that a sort Thompson's going to be bought on, later in the season, but this is who I'm starting if I am Monty Williams because we heard that talk and now, Mick, he could be in as a small forward. Yeah. Yeah, I really like his game. He's long. His defensive mindset really suits this team. You think Detroit Pistons, you think old school, tough basketball. Him alongside Jaden Ivey, that's going to free Jaden Ivey up to not be the primary ball stopper. Like last year, you're talking about Killian Hayes. You're talking about Marvin Bagley. Ivy had to do it both sides of the ball. And no wonder the guy was fucked by the end of games. So you've got someone that's a stopper like Asar Thompson. That's going to only benefit Jaden Ivy. Yeah, 100%. And I think, hey, Mick, I've got an, I've got an idea for you. Uh, you, you. You love AFL. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Who's the defensive stopper uh, in an AFL squad? What position plays that? A tagger, normally someone that's, you know, an inside midfielder or someone in the back line. Great. Mick, I've got the best tagger possible in your team coming to your team. I'm giving I'm giving you, like, my team's best tagger so you can have the best tagger in your team of all your dudes because your tagger's a shithouse. They don't show that much potential. There's a few okay blokes in there. They can, they can, they can put some defense and pressure on the ball, but you need a really legit tagger. I'm going to give you one. You're not going to play him. You're not going to play him as coach. No, that's horseshit. I'm playing him straight away. 
there you go. And that's exactly what a Sword Thompson is. Like, I'm giving you, like, the best dude possible in your fucking team to do it. He needs to play the minutes. And this is why we think he should start. And, of course, Bojan, Mr. Bojangles, doesn't bring that much in the way of defense, but he actually can. Like, he's actually a pretty crafty defender. He's good off ball. He's got that international friendly defense game. You've got a legit rim protector in Duran. Duran also, if he can get those blocks up, to like 1.2, 1.3, 1.5 a game, that's going to shoot his fantasy ranking up into the top 100s easy because he gives you an absolutely elite field goal percentage at 648, doesn't he, Mick? Mm-hmm. Are they going to start James Wiseman? Are they going to start Duran? This is the question. So what we're hearing out of them, if we were the – this is – if our what we want to be the starting five would be this, but we are thinking and in, in hearing that Asua Thompson is going to be off Bojan will be the Bojan will be the small forward. Bogdanovich will be the small, and then there'll be Stewart or Wiseman as the power forward because they are so invested in this. Oh, these guys are lottery picks. They're so invested in Bagley or or Wiseman playing that power forward spot that they're missing on out on the potential here. And then that then who do you like? Who do you move in this team? Like Duran goes to the bench and they play small ball with Wiseman or Stewart or Bagley is the five, and then these guys. And then that's insane because this is one of you, this is probably your best center in Duran. Yeah. Good luck if you're picking up any center from Detroit. Because it is literally going to be a lucky dip as to who plays each night. What's the over-unders for uh, finding these guys on the waiver wires this season? Oh, huge. 12? More. These guys are going yeah. to be readily available at times, you think? Absolutely. Yep. And this is where you find those stream targets in these teams. So when we're talking about these projected starting fives, we're not so again, we're not ripping on everyone. We're like, okay, so what value can you return? You can draft in the start. This sounds almost insane to say, but you could probably draft the starting five of the Detroit Pistons in fantasy basketball this year. Where you draft them is obviously at your own leisure or where you think they should go. But all of mm. the starting five that we have on screen right now are draftable players in fantasy this season. Mick, will you draft Cade? Yes. Will you draft Ivy? Yes. Would you draft a Sewer Thompson? Yeah, yes. Would you, Mr. Bojangles Bogdanovich? Yes. And would you draft Jalen Duran? Light, but yes. Okay. Then by the same extension, would you draft James Wiseman? Oh, light, if he was there. Flyerish, yeah, Marvin Bagley, the third, not the first two yeah. Bagleys, but the third one. <laughs> yeah, no, he's burnt me too many times. No, there you go. So these are the guys that you don't draft necessarily, but you definitely look to target them on your waiver wire if you need maybe some field goal percentage, if you need some rebounds, because they don't do a hell of a lot of beans and other stuff. And we'll come to that one. But the number one guy that you want to make sure that you are trying to snap because. Uh, we, as we've both discussed, we pretty want we want to see this Kate and Ivy backcourt, don't we? We yeah, want to see do. how this plays out. Yeah, we do. What do you think would that would look like stats wise for these guys, based on their last few years uh, outcomes? Kate Cunningham will say twenty three seven boards, eight assists, and a steal for Ivy. 
19 points, better percentages, probably not as many rebounds, not as many assists, but his steals will go up. So I see Jaden yeah. Ivey more points, but more efficient. He has, if you're talking about 12 team league, you're talking top 144. He does have top 150 potential, as you said, Mick. I think he could be about a 20 points a game scorer, um, unleashed potentially. I definitely see his three points going up off the ball. I think with mm-hmm. less attention on him, without him having to do some isolation work there in Detroit, that he could go up to the two threes a game. I think that's on better efficiency, whether it's 430, but it's better than 416. If he can work on that free throw and get that up to 800, his rebounds will settle. They're not very good, as you can see. His assist will, will come down because he's not going to be required to be a playmaker in that team. So right. you have to take the air out of the tires on Jaden Ivey ever giving you five assists again in his NBA career because that's not his role in the NBA. But he could get you a steal again, as you said. Um, Asura is the unlock there. There's obviously nothing on the board. Um, but, geez, he's tasty. Like, Mr. Bojangles, Bojang Bogdanovic gives you what you need. 20 points a game, 2.5 threes. He is an elite free throw shooter, as you can see. His rebounds aren't great, but he's not there for that. His assist is serviceable, but you're there for the threes, the points, and the elite free throw percentage. So if you're punting maybe assists and rebounds, probably more rebounds, if anything, this is a guy you're going to target in your draft, and his value goes up exponentially. 100%. Yeah. Um, our guy. Mm. His minutes were inconsistent over the course of the year, but what we got here is our points per game. You can see he's improving. His field goal percentage has always been a question. He is the undisputed number one. What red flags do you see in Cade Cunningham this season? Health. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Field goal percentage will go up. Third year in the league. He's got, well, they talk about ages in preseason. So he's had two, two and a half, because your first rookie preseason isn't really a, a preseason when you're talking NBA standards. Yeah. I think his body will be more acclimatized to the NBA landscape, so to speak. And I think field goal percentages goes up. Turnovers probably stay the same because he's going to be required to create a lot for this team because really outside of him, who do they have? But for yeah. me, it's it's a walk-up start for the most improved award if he can stay healthy. Yeah, $13 for that. That's incredible with some of these mm. over-unders. Like this is... This is really, really solid. Like to be fair, I'm I'm looking at him right now. His three his three pointers have always been 1.8, 1.4. He never really got there because he had that breakout at the end of the 21-22 season where everything was looking really good for him. And that's the Cade that we're kind of in love with and we're hoping and where we drafted him last season before he went down. So when we look at that, that's what we want to see. Um, if he can get to 430 or 440. Would you be okay with that? Where do you think his field goal percentage could end up this season? Yeah, for 440, I reckon. Yep. Like it's, you never really see huge, huge jumps. But when you're talking about a, you know, a 20 to go from 415 to 440, what's that? Yeah, that much of an increase. It's, yeah, it could happen. We're not, he's not going to jump to 500s. No, he's not going to turn into Shea Gilgis Alexander. But he no. could be up 430, 440, but he hasn't shown us that yet. So the field goal percentage is my big red flag with him. He will 
have turnovers as well. Not because he's bad, but his teammates are pretty shit at mm-hmm. times and they're not a competent squad. So you, you're going to have to be prepared for that to be out the door. Because then we start talking about this massive-ass logjam. We've got Wiseman, Stewart, Duran, and Bagley the third, the big timbers. And none of them are that elite in any way, shape, or form, apart from Jalen Duran with his field goal percentage is good at 648 and his rebounds at 8.9. Otherwise, this is the bunch. But these are the guys you're looking at here. James Wiseman, last season, 19 points a game. 10 points, 10 points. Mick, t- take us through these blokes while I sit back and read this myself. Do I have to? Because there's there's more red flags here than a um there's... yeah, than an Airbnb in the middle of the desert. My God. There's Wiseman, Stewart, Duran, Bagley. Three pointers made. Between them, they averaged two. And that's Still accurate. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. two a game. That's quick math. But, yeah, but you know what? Wiseman. He's known for being a stretch. Stewart, yep. he's known for being a stretch. Bagley, he doesn't like it inside. He wants to be a stretch. And to average two three-pointers made between four centers is shit ass. Free throw he's percentage. a stretch. He's a stretch yeah. for you. Oh, it's really good. Mm. And it's really easy to do. Unless you're an NBA player with no three-point shot because James Wiseman has never shown himself to be a stretch. It's the illusion of James Wiseman. Also, the NBA 2K version of James Wiseman that you got control of and decided to put all these fucking points on three-pointers and we're knocking them down from the corner every single time. And that's a Miguel yeah. thing. I love it. Yeah. But that's the illusion. But that's that's the illusion of 2K, for, like, of for Wiseman. Pe- yeah, for people that play 2K, there, there is a massive difference, and I learned this the hard way in my first year of fantasy that nothing from the 2K game translates into NBA fantasy. No, it doesn't. And this was when you were a very, this was a very early on McDell situation. The first time I remember you ever played NBA, like NBA fantasy years ago. With I us. finished bottom, You're bottom. Like, yep. You finished bottom, bottom. And then you've climbed back ever since. And you've been on that upward trajectory. You listened, you took in everything. You're like, I am not going to suck balls again. Shout out to our boy, Nate Hand. Love you. Mm-hmm. Love you, Hand. Nate, he was the same way. He was bin juice in NBA fantasy. And he was like, fuck that. I'm getting a strategy. And he committed to the process of learning listening to podcasts like this one and getting all the information you can. This is why we say the only guy you can serviceably like, look, no, not the only guy, the only two serviceably possible draft targets that I have in the big timbers in Detroit, a Jalen Duran. And I'm going to say Isaiah Stewart only because I like that. Isaiah Stewart has his re up there. They obviously like him in the organization, even though they're invested in everyone, but he's like that Nas Reed stretch. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's similar. Like, it's a comp. Would you say Stuart and Nas Reed, apart from the haircut, is a pretty similar vibe? Well, they both got similar deals. Stuart ended up on a four-year, $44 million deal as well. There you go. So this is like a – and this is the thing. Look down. What rim protection is there? None of them get a block a game. No. Nah. So they, nah. they block it and – okay-ish rate. They all like turnovers. They they don't really give it over because they don't need to, but there's no steals happening. There's no playmaking happening out of this center position whatsoever. The rebounds for Duran are are, are very good. Stewart's just down is good. Wiseman, he's the worst rebounder in the lot. Bagley's Bagley's at least brings you, he's at least finding his role. You would say Bagley's the most improved 
of the guys have come into the squad of him and yeah, Wiseman? I, yeah, I think that's for me. That's a bit of a I don't know what the right word for this would be, but like he only played out of necessity because yeah. they had no one else, and then he he got his numbers, but his numbers were hollow. They were shallow. They were yeah. they didn't mean anything. And shallow someone's and gonna pedantic. fall into the trap. Shallow and pedantic. But yeah. someone's going to fall into the trap of, oh, fuck, you know, he was getting double-doubles last year and, oh, yeah, he could he could play a bit of D and whatever else. We can see here that he's shit ass. Don't touch him. Easy. And that's the word. Is, you, said, you said it, a bit. He does a bit, but not enough. Like Not enough mm. to be like Marvin Bagley. Not enough to have warranted the pick that he got in the NBA draft. He's never shown that in his NBA career, whether back in Sacramento or here now in Detroit. And James Wiseman has never shown us anything. And everyone gets hyped up and gets a little bit hard in their pants when they run him out there at Summer League and be like, is this it? Is this the breakout? Well, it's not. He's not going to be on that most improved player list. He's not going to be like chasing you down and winning you your fantasy season because he doesn't stretch the floor. He only gets a few field goals. His field goal percentage is plus 500, like, which is great. But his free throws are pretty shithouse. He only gets you serviceable rebounds from the spot. He doesn't give you any assists. He doesn't give you any steals. And he doesn't even bring you a block a game. Now, if you're targeting field goal percentage, rebounds, and turnovers as your three categories in an eight-cat or a nine-cat league, well played. He certainly doesn't give you points per game or three points per game. He doesn't help you free throw percentage, assists, and steals. And they're all very relevant categories you want to pay attention to. And you're going to find better guys on your waiver wire, aren't you, Mick? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Which brings us to the big one. 28 and a half is the over or under for Detroit. What do you do? If Cade's healthy, over. If he gets hurt again and misses time, under. So I'm going to roll that bet that you just said a minute ago. I'm going to put that on straight away live because I'm really keen to see how this goes. If you put that into the most improved player award, and I'm pretty sure I won't be able to multi that up. No, I can't. That's a shame. Someone do something about that. Who do I talk to? That is paying right now $1.94 for them to go over 28 and a half. That's got a little bit of juice on it in a multi for teams well, over unders. It does. Yeah. Like they're so. not going to be competitive, but do you reckon they're actually going to suck that much? No. Because no, Monty Williams is in town. Yep. Monty Williams, he's a nice coach. You get a healthy Cade, Jaden Ivey, Osar Thompson. Like, there's three building blocks for the future. These three guys stay healthy. You got um, Mr. Bojangles, who can shoot the three, plays nice. Stewart, they've got a little bit of depth there. I reckon easily over 28 if they stay healthy. So, who do you reckon is going to be, at the end of the day, of all of these, the most? Mm-hmm slept on guy let's caters and thanks adam king because adam adam was right there with us kingy in our very first pod we did with him was like if any, if i have any sway in the fantasy community i'm sending Cade cunningham right up the adp and he is but who is the sleeper in the detroit pistons for this year um jaden ivy i'll agree with you there who is the undraftable bloke in this team Marvin Bagley. Okay. Okay. I would actually agree that there's a whole bloody ton of them. I was going to say Alec Alec Burks. Berkey. Yeah. Yeah, him too. I think Joe – and let's go back to that. I think Joe Harris, Alec Burks, 
and Bojangles and Bojan, they're trade chips. They're not on this team. And I think one of these centers is not on the team, whether it's Bagley or it's Stewart, because of how invested they seem. Although they've got that Stewart contract, because of how invested they've seemingly been with Bagley and Wiseman, if they're tantalized enough to keep them around, these four guys could be very off. I think like, and Killian Hayes are all going to be packaged somehow, somewhere, in some way for this team. You know, do you know how I say this going, Jay? Remember the Seattle Supersonics, how they traded, uh, sorry, they drafted um, Swift, the big seven-foot-one center back in the mm-hmm. 90s, early 2000s. They, tra- they drafted Diop, I think it was, and a couple of other centers, and none of them worked out. Yep. This is how yep. I see that going with Bagley and Wiseman, and this is just that 2.0. I've got something really saucy for you, McDell, that I've been saving for this um, For this, after you said that. I've put a cheeky um, little multi together mm. with Cade. It's called the, the, the Cadence. I'm going to call it the Cadence. Okay. Most, most improved player, Cade Cunningham, 13. Mm-hmm. Luca for MVP at seven. Wow. Just a toy. I don't think that's – I don't think Luca yep. – maybe – just maybe this is the season that Luca gets the MVP that we've always said Luca is going to be MVP, whatever. Mm-hmm. Quickly as six man of the year. And when Banyama, these are also taken from the top three guys inside every bracket. When Banyama for rookie of the year, because that award is absolutely designed for him to win because you don't have to play 65 games. So if they rest him, he can win it. At power play, it's $2,070. Wow. All based on Cade. You take you take Cade yeah. out of that and put in any in the hot option, it drops down to 150 bucks. So my my multi that I will be putting on, it'll be I'll do a couple, but it'll be Evan Mobley, defensive player of the year, into Cade Cunningham, most improved. And if I find that Evan Mobley at 750, if I add that in there, and most improved player. Right now, Cade Cunningham on the fly. If I take those five, not all out of the room of possibility. We're never working again. <laughs> Sixteen thousand and fifty bucks. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. If I get, I'm like, there's, there's the best ten dollars that I'm going to spend today. I'm doing it right now. I'm, 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 I'm putting my money. I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm actually doing this live. I'm putting your money where your I'm, mouth is. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and. That's 160K in the bank right away. And I'm just taking your word on that one. I put Evan Mobley as defensive player of the year, Cade as most improved, Victor as rookie, Emmanuel quickly as sixth man of the year, and Luca for MVP. And my payout is $160,000. That's massive. That's cool. Thank you, McDermott. Thank you, Pistons, for giving us that insight. I'm going to thank Cade in advance. Thank thank, Thank you from the mountains, Moses. The man look is like so fit, like he's come down with these tablets of gospels from the mountains of basketball, from being in camp with Team USA and everything. And he's going to put them, hopefully, some more games in 28. You're going to put 11 pounds somewhere where you shouldn't very, very soon. And we're going to say thank you very much for listening to an Insight NBA podcast. Take care, everyone. See ya.